Hello and welcome to another episode of Big Lash Energy. I am your host, Jaina Marie. Last week we talked about loving yourself and wow was the feedback ever amazing. Thank you so much for listening and sharing it with your friends. It's a message I really do want to spread. I think it's super important and something I'm really passionate about, if you couldn't tell. (laughs) So here's a little behind the scenes about last week's episode for you. The week before that episode, I'd been working in Mexico, so I didn't have time to write while I was away. So when I landed, I hit the ground running with clients and I didn't have time to record until late Monday night, which left Tim only Tuesday to edit so that it could be posted by midnight on Wednesday morning. Well, after doing two weddings, working all day, I made myself a coffee at 11 p.m., sat down to the microphone and braced myself for a sleepless night. I wrote and rewrote, recorded and re-recorded, and then caught myself falling asleep at the microphone. At that point, I knew that I was far too exhausted to think straight, so I decided to lie down for a nap at 3.30 in the morning, and I set my alarm for an hour later. As soon as my alarm went off, I jumped up out of bed with the fear that if I didn't get up at that moment, there would be no episode that week. I finally got it uploaded to the drive for Tim at 8.30 in the morning, just in time for him to wake up and start editing. Talk about getting it in by the skin of my teeth. I'm only saying this so that you understand why it means so much to me that you're here right now and why your feedback means the world to me. It really does make the sleepless nights worth it. So thank you. Honestly, if you listened last week and it helped change how you've looked at yourself even just a little bit, then it was all worth it. This week, my sister and I were talking about what felt right for the episode, and I told her that I wanted to balance out the serious talk of last week with a really fun story. I wanted to tell the story of the time when I hired an escort for my boyfriend in Las Vegas. Yep, you heard me right. And she said, uh, Jaina, I don't think that's the best story to tell after you just finished explaining to your listeners how to love themselves. Please don't judge me. I've come a really long way. I agreed. So I'm going to save that story for next week. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. Today's episode is important. Consider it a continuation of last week's hype session. We're going to discuss what it means to get out of your own way. We're kicking it off with a life-changing lesson I learned as a little girl, a brand new cuss word, and some tips on how to succeed at the goals that you set for yourself. So grab your bucket list and get ready to start checking things off. This week, we're talking about living boldly and believing in you. Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favourite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. BLE time machine. In just a few short seconds, we're going to be teleported all the way back to the early 1990s. Ah yes, here we are, the time of Discman, Tamagotchi, Beanie Babies, and watching Clueless on repeat. Oh, look over there, see her? That's 10-year-old Jaina with the permed bangs, knockoff Doc Martens, and a caboodles makeup case. It looks like she's on her way to the arena. Let's see what she's up to. When my mom met my stepdad, he was a total guy's guy. He was into hunting, sports, drinking beer by a campfire, swearing. So when he suddenly became a stepdad to two little girls, he decided, screw it, I'll get them into sports. And I'm so glad he did. 
Dad introduced us to a sport called ringette. It's a twist on girls hockey played on the ice in full gear. So we spent pretty much every weekend and some weekdays in the arena. Sure, I would have loved to have been one of the figure skaters I always walk past on my way to the locker rooms, but let's be real. I'm far from graceful or delicate. I'm a lot more like a Zamboni than a swan on the ice. The only things I had in common with a figure skater was that I could skate and I was super competitive. So in an effort to be the very best player that I could be, I spent a portion of my offseason at speed skating camp. It was basically a boot camp for players wanting to improve their skills on the ice. We'd wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, which is pretty much an ungodly time of the day for a girl my age, so that we could get to the arena and spend the whole day training. It was intense to say the least. The coach was notorious for putting a garbage can on the ice in case we trained so hard that we threw up. It wasn't the way most kids dreamed of spending their summer vacations, but to me, it was worth it. When I signed in on the very first day, the coach asked me what position I usually played, and I made the mistake of saying goalie. Goalie? Goalie. Oh, well then, you're going to be doing all the same drills, but in these. And my hair blew back as he dropped a set of massive leather goalie pads in front of me. Shit. I said, are you serious? And he said, yes. The goalie should be the best skater on the team. For the next two weeks, I busted my ass keeping up with the other girls who had full mobility. We practiced crossovers, lines, sprints, crossovers backwards, falling, getting back up as fast as we could, everything. And I resented the fact that everything was so much harder for me than everyone else. But I couldn't wait to get back to my team and show them everything that I'd learned. Well, the next season started and I was selected as one of the two goalies for my team. My coach, Mr. Grant, was easily the most intense in the league. He was very fair-skinned with strawberry blonde hair and lots of freckles, but he could go from white dude to flaming hot Cheeto with the snap of a finger. Let's just say he was passionate. He didn't talk to us like he was coaching little girls. I'm pretty sure in his head, he was living his best NHL fantasy. It seemed like to him, we were 20 something dudes waiting for our chest hair to come in. It was even worse for me because I was best friends with his daughter and he knew my parents really well. So he was really comfortable saying whatever the hell he wanted to me. As I'm sure you can imagine, he was really competitive, which meant he preferred putting Laura in net. Hell, I preferred Laura being in net. I mean, I wanted our team to win too, and I knew from previous years that she was the better goalie. Actually, we also played baseball together, and she was better than me on the field too. Straight up, I saw her as an athlete, and me, well... I kind of saw myself as a wannabe. So I didn't mind that she played a lot more than I did, but I also knew that I'd been training hard. Every year, our city hosted a huge tournament that always fell between my birthday on February 9th and Valentine's Day. The Sweetheart Tournament. As the home team, there was so much pressure on us to win, so I expected that I'd be spending a lot of time on the bench. After a series of games, we eventually made it to the finals. It was the best out of three, and the teams were tied 1-1. We each had a win. So the third game was going to determine who won first in the tournament. The stakes were high. That was when Mr. Grant turned to me and said, All right, Jay, let's see what you got. Was he kidding me? I did my best not to show any sign of fear or weakness as my skate hit the ice. Sure, I wanted more ice time, but now, in the most important game of the tournament, I made my way to the net and took a deep breath. (sighs) All right, I guess this is happening. The game was so evenly matched, but I was determined as hell not to be the weak link. 
I knew my team was counting on me, so I imagined myself as a brick wall. Nothing was going to get past me. Well, except for that one goal that got past me. <laughs> now the game was tied 1-1. I shook it off and got my head back in the game. After that, I stopped every other shot that was taken on me, but eventually the clock ran out, our team hadn't scored again, and the game ended as a tie. What did this mean? We were all confused. It was the last of three games, and we needed to know who won the tournament. The referees called the two coaches in for a meeting, while the players all went back to our bench. After a few minutes, both coaches carefully scooted their way back across the ice to the waiting players. Mr. Grant said, In order to find a winner, we need to do a shootout. I thought, all right, well, that's it for me, and I skated back over to the bench and sat down. This was definitely going to be Laura's time to shine. I was just about to take my gloves off when I heard, Jay? Jay? I looked up and saw my coach looking at me with laser focus. You got this. Uh, did I hear him correctly? Maybe my helmet was too tight. The players all started to bang their sticks on the bench in support of me. I stood up, trembling. I stepped onto the ice. I took two strides away from the team towards the net. And then I turned around. In what was almost a desperate plea for help, I said, I can't do this. I regretted saying that as soon as I saw the look on his face. He yelled so loud, I was sure everyone in the arena could hear. He said, who said you can't? I was silent. Who? Who said you can't? I realized he was waiting for me to answer. I said, I did. I don't ever want to hear the words, I can't come out of your mouth ever again. Do you hear me, Jay? Not on my ice? Nowhere. Now go get in the net. By the time he was done yelling, his forehead was almost pressed right up against my helmet. And when he was mad, he spat a lot when he talked, so my face mask could have really used a wipe. But I just stood there, frozen. If you only knew how intense he was when he got upset, you'd understand that every cell in my body heard his message that day loud and clear and I had no idea how impactful it was going to be I shook it off and decided to try believing in myself like he believed in me the shootout started one by one the best players from each team took shots on the opposing goalie and I stayed focused there were parents with cowbells and horns siblings and grandparents screaming but I tuned it all out again I visualized myself as a brick wall, and I did my best to predict what each player was going to do. I stopped the first shot. The other goalie stopped hers. I stopped the second shot. She let in her second. I let in my third. She stopped her third. Then I stopped my fourth. She let in her fourth, and I stopped the fifth. So we won the game. We won the game. We won the game. All of the players swarmed around me cheering, smacking me all over with their gloves and sticks. I hugged Laura and she yelled above everybody, I'm so glad that it was you, not me. And we laughed. Our team earned a banner that hung for years in that arena. And I always looked up thinking what a beautiful representation it was of teamwork and what could happen when I worked hard and believed in myself. You might be asking yourself, what in the world is the relevance of this story? I mean, it's not like I went on to be the world's greatest goalie or anything. Well, the point is that what he said hit me so hard, I had no idea that it shaped my whole life until I look back at the major decisions that I've made, the battles that I fought, and how many times I've had to rebuild myself, and I realized that never once did I doubt that I could do it, because I truly never said the words, I can't, ever again, and words have power. 
By taking the word can't out of my vocabulary, I trained myself to think of a way that I could. I learned that no matter what, I could always find a way. The perfect example of this was the time I surprised my sister with a trip to Europe. Our plan was to do 10 days in London and 10 days in Paris. It was her dream, and when I told her that I was going to do it for her, she was so excited. She cried. I could barely afford it, but I knew that it would be the most epic sister trip ever, and she deserved it. Then a few days after I gave her the trip, after we'd been doing some planning and talking about all the things we were going to do, she called me. I knew something was wrong because her voice was trembling. She said, we, we can't go. I asked, what? Why not? And she said, Dan said we can because he has to work and he doesn't want anyone else watching the kids. I hated hearing my sister so sad, but what bothered me even more than that was being told I can't. Considering I don't even tell myself I can't, I really hate when someone else says it to me. So I was determined to find a way around it. After considering every possible option, I finally called her back and said, Carly, don't worry, we're still going to Paris. She asked, what? How? I told her, well, if Dan doesn't want anyone else watching the kids, then fuck it. I'm bringing them too. Thinking about it now, I laughed to myself because sure, leave it to the woman without kids to think bringing a two-year-old and a four-year-old both in diapers and strollers to the cobblestone streets of Paris would be a good idea. (laughs) I really had no idea what I was signing up for, but again, I didn't care as long as I had a way to get that trip that I wanted with my sister. Now, please keep in mind, this was 10 years ago before I was as busy as I am now with bookings and our trip was planned in the winter, my slow season. So paying for my sister and myself was already a major stretch to my budget. Plus, like I said, it was my low season. So I knew that being able to afford two more flights to Europe plus bigger hotel rooms wasn't going to be easy, but I knew I could find a way. I told myself, there is money out there to be made. I just need to find a way to get it. So summer was long gone. Taking on more bridal bookings wasn't an option. I decided to think about the resources that I had in front of me. Well, my ex, of course, was a porn producer, so he had professional lighting and a professional camera. And I had a gift for helping women feel good, plus a very good understanding of how to take professional images because of all the photo shoots I'd worked on. So... It finally came to me. I was going to offer boudoir photo shoots for women who wanted to give their men sexy pictures for Valentine's Day. I made a price so reasonable that women could not resist and I promoted it at a couple of local gyms. For $350, you'd get hair and makeup done by me plus 10 edited images that you could give as a gift. I set my place up super cute and girly so that it would look good in pictures and eight women booked shoots with me. I scheduled them back to back over one weekend and I was exhausted, but I brought in an extra $2,800, which was exactly what I needed in order to afford bringing my niece and nephew along with us. Our trip was the best. Sure, it was very different from our original plan, which was to be there for Paris Fashion Week. Instead, we ended up seeing the Mickey Mouse Cabaret. It went from a sister trip to an auntie trip with two kids' strollers and diapers to change, but I'll never forget the look on the kids' faces when they saw the Eiffel Tower light up at night. Malia also used the potty for the first time on a boat cruise down La Seine, and I'm pretty sure the fact that I made it happen despite everything working against us was the reason why 
the lemon sugar crepes we shared beside the Louvre tasted even sweeter. Side note, I did get a certain level of satisfaction when I found out that a year later, when their whole family took a trip to Las Vegas, the kids saw the Eiffel Tower replica at the Paris Hotel, and they told Dan, and he took us to see the real one. Thanks, kids. I needed that. <laughs> Looking back, I'm so thankful I got that tough love lesson early, because I approached every struggle in my life like saying I can't wasn't an option. When I dropped out of university to do makeup, my family was devastated, especially my mom. She told me that so many people go to school for makeup, but almost nobody ends up doing it. And I said, well, some people do, and I'll be one of them. I dated a photographer for two years who told me that maybe I should quit makeup because I'd never make as much money as he did in my business. Well, I knew that assisting a photographer wasn't my dream and that I could eventually charge as much as I wanted once I was well known enough. So I stuck with my career as a makeup artist and now I definitely don't regret it. When I was pregnant with someone that I'd only started dating two weeks prior, everyone told me that I can't keep the baby if he wasn't going to want to be a part of its life. But I knew that if my mom had raised me as a single mom, then I could do it too. I fully believed that nothing could stop me from raising that child, no matter if he had anything to do with it or not. Whatever I'd have to do, I could do it. Now that I think about it, I've been pretty petty about it too. I remember there used to be an ad for baked Lay's potato chips that said something like, I'll bet you can't have just one. And I heard that and thought, I'll bet you I can. You can't tell me I can't have just one chip. Well, I've only ever taken just one chip from a bag of lace. <laughs> Seriously. Wow, saying this out loud kind of makes me sound like I need some help. <laughs> the other thing that happens when you take the word can't out of your vocabulary is that you start to look at the people around you differently. I genuinely believe anything is possible. It's not a matter of if you can or cannot. It's simply a matter of where you put your attention and dedication. When I see like an Olympic gymnast, for example, I never think I can't do that. Instead, I say to myself, I could do that if I trained as often as she did. When I see a woman with a crazy hot body on Instagram, I don't think I can't look like that. Instead, I say I could could look like that if I cut carbs out for the rest of my life and spent $25,000 on surgeries in Colombia, but I choose not to make those sacrifices. <laughs> we each have things we want to do in this life, moves we want to make, whether it's getting in better shape, starting a new side hustle, getting back to the dating scene, leaving a bad relationship, going back to school. Anytime we say or think we can't, we stand in our own way of progress and we postpone happiness because as corny as it sounds, if we believe we can't, we're absolutely right. Whenever someone tells me that they can't, what I picture is a mime pressing his hands along the insides of an imaginary box. Who said you can't? You did. You did. So here are four examples of why we stand in our own way. The first is we're, of course, afraid we're going to fail. The second is we let other people's opinions outweigh our own intuition. Sometimes we know something's better for us, but somebody else imposes their opinion on us and then we go along with what they say. Third, we believed someone else when they told us that we couldn't. I'd love to tell you about my friend Henrietta. 
She's a spunky go-getter who found my work on Instagram when she was living in Hungary. She reached out to me then saying that I was an inspiration to her as a makeup artist. Then she moved to Vancouver and booked a makeup lesson with me. I loved how eager she was, her professionalism, and her attention to detail. After our class, I asked her if she did hair as well. And she said, no, I don't because my mom told me that I can't do hair. And I said, what? And you believed that as fact? I said, why not do a hair class with me? Let me teach you everything I know. And then you decide if you can do hair or not. See, I knew she had what it took. So we did the hair class and she left with a sparkle in her eye. I could tell that she could feel the potential that I saw in her. Then COVID hit and she signed up for online courses. She practiced on a mannequin head. And when things reopened, this woman busted out into the wedding scene with guns blazing. I swear I've seen some pictures that she's posted on Instagram and thought to myself, damn, that's better than I could do. If she and I had never met, she might have believed for the rest of her career that she could only do makeup. And because of that, she would have only been making half of what she had the potential to make. Believing what someone else told her about her own skills and abilities wasn't only spiritually draining, but financially as well. So anyways, I ended up hiring Henrietta to be on my team and she fit right in. After a few bookings, I realized that she was always taking Ubers to work. So whenever I could, I'd offer to pick her up. One day I asked her why she didn't drive and she said, well, I want to, but I keep failing my driver's test. I have another one coming up. So we counted down the days until her next driver's test, and she let me know when she was done that even though she tried her best, she didn't pass, and now she was going to have to wait another few months to try again. A few days before her next test, she and I were sitting in my car, and I decided to try and hype her up. She said, you know what? I think my mom was right. I'm just not a good driver. I said, if you believe what your mom told you, then you probably aren't a good driver. But the next time you get in that car ready to take that test, I want you to tell yourself that your mom was probably just as wrong about your driving as she was about your hairstyling. Well, you have no idea how bright I was when Henrietta sent me a selfie of her holding the car magnet showing that she had finally passed her driver's test. It's like they say, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Lastly, we're sometimes subconsciously afraid of success. I'm going to actually do an entire episode on this because it's a really crazy concept, but sometimes we'd rather stay in a state of failure because it's the place that we know the best. Not to say where you are is a failure, but it's what you know. If you succeed, all of a sudden your life would change and that means going into the unknown. Sometimes we'd rather stay exactly where we are because it's not scary. It's what we know. So anyways, now I'd like to give you five tips to help you get out of your way and believe that you absolutely can. First off, this one must be pretty obvious, drop the words, I can't. It's time to treat can't like a four letter word. When I was little, my mom was serious about swearing. She made a cuss jar for my stepdad who wasn't used to having two little girls around. So there was a list of words and prices that he would have to pay if he said each one of those words. Whenever he'd swear, he would hear three screechy women's voices saying, Larry, which meant you've been busted, buddy. Now put a quarter in the cuss jar. That was fine when we were little, but now we're old and we've moved out. We all swear, including my mom. But for some reason to this day, whenever my dad drops an F-bomb, you'll hear my mom yell from wherever she is in the house. (gasps) Larry! Last week, she was out of town visiting my sister and I texted my dad. Hey, dad, say fuck. 
And he said, what? I said, yeah, say it and enjoy not hearing your name screamed back at you from the other side of the house. (laughs) When we were little, if we swore, we'd get our mouths washed out with soap or we'd have to gargle with a bottle of Listerine, which is straight torture for an eight-year-old. In fact, we weren't even allowed to say the word hate. Well, today I give you full permission to say the word fuck whenever you want. In fact, I love saying fuck, but you cannot say can't anymore. Okay, we're going to put can't on the cuss bank with a $10 fine. Number two, the second way to convince yourself you absolutely can is to speak out loud to your inner saboteur. Sometimes we want to believe we can do something or believe that we are worthy of something, but there's a voice in our head, that inner saboteur, who tells us that we can't, that you're not good enough, you don't deserve it, someone else is better than you, or it's a waste of time. That happens to me all the time the time. In fact, I've been battling that voice the entire time I've been writing this episode. And wow, you should have heard it when I decided to release a podcast. No one's going to care. No one's going to listen. You'll be wasting your time. People will hear your story and think you're disgusting. Honestly, it's never ending. But the thing about that voice is that it needs to be stopped in its tracks because if you let it keep talking, it will take you down a long, dark tunnel of negativity and eventually you'll start to believe it. My trick is I speak the opposite out loud and as soon as possible. So I'll say something like, actually, my podcast is going to be successful and appreciated by the people who need to hear it. And the voice stops instantly. Take away its power. Stop it before you believe it. Thirdly, I want you to try imagining the best possible scenario. Perhaps it's a form of self-protection, but I find that our minds almost always default to the worst possible situation. Have you noticed that too? What if you switched it up? Imagine a blank canvas and with your mind, I want you to paint a picture of what it could look like if everything you were trying to do went perfectly. What if you felt stronger and healthier? What if that side hustle grew to a full-time gig? What if you found love that was mutually respectful? Treat your goal like it's already been reached. Move like the kind of person who's already succeeded. Failure isn't an option because the only possible outcome that you can visualize, the only possible outcome that you're going to give energy to is the one where things end up in your favor. Fourth, Try looking at other people doing what you want to be doing and remember that they poop too. (laughs) Seriously, there's really nothing that special about anyone. Even Beyonce farts, gets stuff stuck in her teeth, wakes up with morning breath and has to pull underwear out of her ass sometimes. The main significance about what she did starting out is where she put her energy and her level of focus and dedication. If you wanted something bad enough and focus hard enough on it, you could have it too. Lastly, try spending time with people who believe in you and get excited about sticking it to the ones who don't. I've always found the people who didn't believe in me to be far more inspiring than the ones who do. I love giving them a front row seat to my success. In fact, when my first husband and I broke up, I had literally nothing. My career was just starting. I was renting a shitty little basement suite and learning to pay my own bills. We had two chihuahuas together and he said he was going to keep both of them because I'd never be able to feed myself, let alone a dog. Well, I busted my ass and after two years, my business was flourishing. I'd purchased my own condo. I had money and savings and his broke ass asked me to take the dogs. He told me he was depressed and tried to blame me. So I sent him $400 and said, here's some money for therapy. Good luck. It's funny how things work out sometimes. Before I started this podcast, I'd tell friends and family my idea. And there were a lot of people who said, are you sure you want to do that? 
There are so many other podcasts out there. There's no way you're going to have time during your busy season. How do you even make money from something like that? Honestly, their concerns were hard to ignore because they were echoing that voice, my inner saboteur. But I had confidence in my story, confidence in my purpose. And I told myself that it was something I needed to do for my own personal growth. So whether five people listened or 5,000 people listened, it would be a success. Well, I'm so happy to let you know that tonight I was struggling with focus, rewriting this episode for the fourth time, and I decided to take a break and look at my stats as a form of procrastination. And I found out that this show is number 10 in Canada on the Apple podcast charts for our category. Oh my goodness. I'm not going to lie. I definitely cried a little bit. (laughs) It's so exciting because yes, there are millions of other podcasts, but nobody else has my story. Nobody else has your story. You are the secret sauce. As annoying as he can be, I do find Kanye West to be quite inspiring in regards to how much he believes in himself. In an interview once, somebody asked him, are you ever surprised at how far you've come and how many accomplishments you've made? Without skipping a beat, he said, no, because I always knew I could do it. The only ones who are surprised are the people who told me I couldn't, the ones who doubted me. You are absolutely capable of doing anything you put your mind to. Don't let anyone living a mediocre life convince you otherwise. Take the word can't right out of your vocabulary and start moving like it's already been done. And I cannot wait to celebrate with you at the finish line. Now, till next week, I'd like to give you a little challenge. Anytime you find yourself doubting whether or not you can do something, I want you to picture Mr. Grant spitting in your face saying, who told you you can't? Who? Who told you you can't? I guess what I'm getting at is this world is always going to be full of people who will question your skills, question your abilities and your dreams. I just don't want you to be one of them. Well, that's it for our time together this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you know someone who could use this message, someone who needs to believe in themselves just a little bit more, can you please share this podcast with them? I hear every time you do, an angel gets its wings. It's true. And please don't forget to follow or subscribe on whichever app you listen to. Make sure you tune in next week because we're going to be talking about a pretty hilarious story about that time when I hired an escort for my boyfriend in Las Vegas. Oh, I don't even like saying it out loud. Anyways, until next week, please go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lush energy everywhere you go. Thank you so much. Goodbye.
why I'm 